0: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the podcast i am super excited to welcome jeffrey pacman is it pacman am i saying your last name yeah yeah you actually got it man nice work nice hey man i was a journalism major originally in college so i uh pride myself on on piecing the letters together appropriately very impressive very (laughs) impressive thanks for joining me man uh how you doing welcome to the show
1: of course, man. Yeah, this is that awkward moment where we act like we weren't just talking 5 minutes ago. <laughs> That's uh, right. I'm very familiar with that. Um I'm doing great, man. It's been quite the the awesome 2021 so far. Um I'm just loving I'm just loving coaching. I'm loving being in the health and fitness space and I'm just I'm just really really excited like 2021 feels like a good positive vibe for me. And uh, and I know it is for you as well. Seems like so far from the content I've been seeing from you, you're in like a good creative space. So I think we're both in good places to uh, to help a lot of people this year.
0: Agreed, agreed. I uh, let's talk about that actually, because uh, not many people are going to look back on 2020 with like a lot of cheery vibes. You know what I mean? How yeah. was uh, how was 2020 for you? Oh man.
1: Oof, when, where should I start? <laughs> so 2020, I, it started, I I actually got back into coaching 2020. So 2019, I took a break from coaching. I, I wasn't sure if like, I don't know what, but something was calling me somewhere else. So I actually was a cable guy in 2019. Okay. Cable guy, I was that, I was that <laughs> guy. Um. <laughs> And I, the money was really good, which is why, which is why I did it, which, you know, if you're a coach and you're in the health and fitness space and you're in it for the money, um, you're probably in the wrong business because it's, it's just not like this huge money-making endeavor, unless you're, you're really, really good, or you really solidified your spot at a good, good gym or good facility, or you have a ton of online coaching clients. Right. So, um, I needed to make some money. So I I became a cable guy. I took a break from coaching all my clients. I I told them I let them know what was going on. And I was in a relationship. And the relationship ended the end of 2019. I quit my job. I quit my relationship. I was working as a house manager for recovery uh, for a treatment center. I was working as a house manager. So I was living inside of a house and working with uh guys who were just getting off the streets who were just coming out of jail who were addicted to drugs and and they were looking to get into treatment so i was working inside of this basically a halfway house and i left that job i left my cable job i got out of my relationship and i set some healthy boundaries with some some in some toxic situations that were happening so 2020 started out like completely fresh and and i had to find a new place to live i was single i didn't have a job um just the whole climate of 2020 was was uh, like this fresh start you know like new year new me it was like that was really the case you know what yeah, i mean yeah yeah so i I was like, you know what? And then and then I started I started uh I started coaching again. I was like, you know what? I might as well start coaching again because I like people were asking me questions about health and fitness and I I wasn't posting any content about health and fitness in 2019. And I started getting drawn back to it, you know? Like I had let myself kind of go. I was living the cable guy life and the relationship kind of life and just eating out a lot and eating on the go a lot, eating a lot of gas station food and just not being healthy. So 2020, I decided to take my own health into my own hands and I kind of documented the process. And what ended up happening is I I got into better shape. I lost some weight. I started lifting again. And then everything got shut down. And the the uh the pandemic happened and I figured, hey, this is a great time for me to really dive in on doing things the right way with my online coaching business because I knew I needed to. I knew I needed to start a podcast. I really wanted to start one, and I've always wanted to start one because I have all this audio equipment. Because I used to make music, so I have all this audio equipment that's like really nice, and I'm not using it for anything. I spent all this money on it. Um, I love to talk. I love to shoot the shit. So that's a plus. And I, I'm really passionate about health and fitness and nutrition and, and strength training. And I, I love talking about it. So for me, it's like a win win. Like, why not start a podcast? It's the easiest form of content for me to create. And I also built my website. I also reposted on Instagram. I started making content again. I started up my YouTube channel again. I started doing all the things that I knew I needed to do again. Right even got on TikTok and did some dances for y'all.
0: And, uh, (laughs) yeah.
1: And so I started, I started really, really enjoying the process through that journey. I met so many other coaches on Instagram who were doing the same thing and who were like around in the same place. Like either they were brand new to coaching or they were coming back into coaching or they were experienced with coaching, but they had a smaller online following and they were trying to build their online businesses because of COVID. Right. So we were all trying to figure out how to do that effectively. And so I picked a lot of people's brains and I learned a lot. And I also had so much downtime to focus on my own health and fitness and to focus on getting stronger, to focus on reading books, listening to other podcasts, consuming other good content. And so 2020 was like a really, really, uh, a, a really big growth year for me and uh luckily nobody that was close to me was like really affected by the pandemic too much you know we locked down here in oregon uh, pretty effectively and i feel like the the state of oregon handled that well and i got this job offer to to go to alaska to go fishing and i was like i needed some money at the time you know online coaching at the time was I wasn't making a ton of money. I had like a handful of clients but nothing uh n- no significant amount of money. A lot of them had been with me for a while. So I wasn't charging them what my rates are now. So um, I, I told them all, Hey, I'm going to be in Alaska for about a month. Here's your guys's programs. And here is like, if you need anything from me, like here's my email and like, I'll be able to have service sometimes. And, but this is going to be a month where I'm not going to be that available because I'm going to be on a boat in Alaska fishing. And, um, like deadliest catch style. Kind of, <laughs> it, it was definitely dangerous. You know what I mean? It was definitely like Crazy amounts of hard work. And um, I'd love to say that I thrived and I loved it, right? Like everyone's like, that's so cool that you went out there. I'm like, it really wasn't. Like (laughs) I was covered in fucking fish pus and hating life, like most of the time. And you know what? I learned that that's just not my thing. And that's not that's not what I want to do with my life, you know, even if the money was good or if um if I really did enjoy it, you know, it's for me, it just wasn't my thing. So I came back and I was like more charged up than ever to, to get back into coaching and to, to create content. And so all my clients had actually done really well while, while I was out in Alaska, like they, they, cause I told them, I was like, when I come back, I want to, I don't want to see that you guys slacked off. Like I want to see I want to see some good numbers on your lifts. Like I want to see all that. Like I want you guys to send me videos. Like I want to come back to a full inbox of like good positive things and that you guys have been growing through this last month. So came back, a lot of my clients really were thriving and like we we dove in and and uh and that's pretty much how I ended 2020 was just coming back from Alaska with a vengeance to <laughs> to get this thing going again. And uh and now I'm like this new year has been so incredibly uh good to me and it's just been a blessing. So that was my 2020, man. And I'm I'm still single, I'm not in a relationship and I'm just thriving in that as well. Like I'm just enjoying this time, uh kind of dating myself right now and kind of figuring out like what do I want in somebody and, and what do I want out of life? And then I also got this job uh had a powerlifting gym here in Bend, Oregon. And so I've really been enjoying that. Just kind of learning the ins and outs of uh of powerlifting because it's a totally different ball game than what I'm used to the way I'm used to lifting. So yeah, I talked your ear off for about what 10 minutes. So
0: I love yeah, it. Though. That's pretty much how 2020 went. I love it though, because like it's a good um I don't know if perspective's the right word, but it's a good I you know, it's just nice to hear that that despite the challenges, because 2020 challenged everybody, right? There's there's no getting around it, everybody had different challenges. Um, that you can look back on it as positive, you know, just growth. Um, that's how I to have tried to look at 2020 as well. Like, you know, we my wife and I, we had our first kid in August. Uh, we never planned to, or could have envisioned having a baby in a pandemic that was never part of the plan, but like, you know, we tried to look at the positives from it. We got to spend the first three months of her life all together. We couldn't leave the house, but it actually kind of ended ended up being awesome because we got to spend so much time together. And it's it's continued now. Like, would we like to be able to go out and take her places and have her be able to see some family and, and friends and stuff like that, Uh, obviously, but um, there are, I feel like there are positives to to take from it, hopefully for most people. And I love hearing that you're able to, to focus on those. That's great.
1: Yeah. I mean, looking back on the year, it's like, I'll never write off an entire year. As like, that was like the worst year of my life or whatever, you know, because ultimately, if I'm not at least getting something positive out of an entire year, then that's on me, right? Because life is going to happen, right? It's like life on life's terms is going to happen. You're going to have shitty stuff that happens regardless. But how you deal with it and then how you feel the stuff that you can change Because there's stuff that we can't change, obviously, but then there's that, that portion of things that we can change. And that's like that nature versus nurture, right? It's like nature being the stuff that is out of my control and nurture being the stuff that I can control, right? It's the same thing with weight loss. You know, nature is things like my genetics, you know, my propensity to, you know, not get good sleep at night or my propensity to have a high tolerance to caffeine right like like some of that stuff is genetic right and then the nurture side of it maybe is like maybe i need to control my caffeine input right like maybe i need to figure out different ways to you know not overdo it with the caffeine and make sure that you know i don't look at screens you know two hours before bed or that i'm not constantly stimulated and having coffee around 2 p.m., which affects my sleep, right? So there's that nurture side and there's that nature side. The balance is always like it's always a little bit more for me, it's always a little bit more nurture than it is nature, right? Like we can only blame life and our genetics so much before we're like taking responsibility for our own, our own well-being.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. But so tell me about, um, you know, we talked about the last year, but like what What got you into maybe not even coaching, but just like fitness in general and implementing that into, you know, making the right choices, being consistent with exercise and, and, you know, making healthy choices with your diet and stuff like that. Like what got you into that initially?
1: Sure. Yeah. I grew up in like, I'll say a chronic dieting household, um, My mom was always on weight watchers and she was always trying to watch her weight. And my dad, my dad was like, somebody who was very conscious of that. And he would openly talk about like, Oh man, I need to lose weight. Or, Oh man, like I need to get back into the gym or, Oh yeah. Like, you know, always active. We always played like tennis as a family. We always played basketball. Like I was always active as a kid and like I was a terrible picky eater as a kid. And I feel like that affected that affected me because by the time I hit high school, um, you know, like without going too far into my story, because I'll end up rambling and this podcast won't even be about health and fitness anymore. um, I, I was like a very kind of troubled youth, you know, like I got into drugs and alcohol at a young age. And the way that that affected my my mindset and my growth was it was very impactful, right? Like I struggled with that until I was 22. And so I never cared about like what I put in my body or exercise or any of that. Like a lot of that was just lost in the sauce because all I cared about was how I ways it means to get more and ways it means to like numb my feelings and basically not deal with any problems that I had or emotions that I had. So when I hit 22, uh, I kind of had this big epiphany and uh, and things kind of really, really fell together for me. You could say I hit a bottom or you could say that I hit like a, a wall or you could say that I just I hit my breaking point, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, 22 years old, I cleaned up my act and I completely got I got completely sober and I I decided to get new friends. I decided to stop hurting people who cared about me, who loved me. And I decided to care about my health and fitness. And it wasn't, it wasn't like an all-in-one process. I wasn't like, I'm gonna get sober and then I'm gonna work on clean eating and then I'm gonna go to the gym. It was like I started going to the gym because that's just what people around me were doing who were sober, because I hung out with other sober people. And other people around me were going to the gym. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to the gym too then. And the
0: power of who you surround yourself with, right?
1: Exactly. So a lot of these guys were like, you know, they were pounding in the protein. They were going to the gym and they were, you know, I was asking them tips. Like, you know, what, what should I be doing when I go to the gym? Like, what machines should I hit? Like, how do I bench press? Like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And some of these guys were like straight out of prison. So a lot of them were big and they were benching a lot and they, you know, they kind of, some of them took me under their wing and showed me like the the basics and showed me how it's done. And a lot of, a lot of the information they gave me was not good information, but it was like (laughs) a lot of these guys who come out of prison, like they, they eat whatever they can to get as big as they possibly can, because Mm. that is a priority while you're in there you know, you're not really caring too much about, uh, you don't really have too much control over the nutrients that you put in your body. Right. So, um, that became a part of my story where I kind of learned these, like these bro science, but it was like prison bro science. So it's like a whole other, it's like a whole nother layer on top of bro science because yeah. the kind of stuff that I was eating was like a lot of ramen, a lot of like, they make these things called spreads and, uh, So a spread is a tortilla and you fill it with ramen noodles with the packets. Okay. And sometimes like you'll chop up like a summer sausage or like those really shitty, like low quality sausages and you put that in the burrito. So it's literally carbs on carbs, tons of (laughs) sodium, tons of fat from the summer sausage and like, like just terrible, right? Just like, just like you feel like shit after eating this, but It'll get, you, it'll get you enough carbs to where you can lift heavy and, and you can have that energy for the gym. So yeah, that's what I thought I needed to eat. You know, that's the kind <laughs> of stuff that they had me eating and lots of cans of tuna and um, nothing wrong with that. And a lot of, just a lot of unnecessary, like bro sciencey tips. So I went from there and I always worked in restaurants, right? So I always got my food for free. So I, would cook meals there and i'd play around with different foods and then like i i got into nutrition man and i'm not sure how it happened but i started to just like dive into youtube and i started to look at like okay this bodybuilder's full day of eating okay this this uh like health conscious person's full day of eating and i was like how can i kind of like take both of those because i want to have a nice physique and i also want to take care of my health and and like nurture my body right so there's gotta be some balance, right? Like it can't just be all uh sugar-free maple syrup, French toast, pancakes, you know, there's gotta be some nutrients involved, right? Like it's gotta have something other than just protein. And uh, so then I, I started going to school for uh, I thought I wanted to become a dietitian, And then, uh, so I took some, some nutrition courses at the college, at the local here, community college and I loved it. Like they one of the classes that I was in, she brought in like local like personal trainers to come talk to us, and then she also brought in uh registered dietitians. She brought in uh she brought in all kinds of health and fitness professionals in the in the exercise science field to kind of push us to be like, look, you don't just have to be a personal trainer, you can also be A PA, you can also be a uh, a physical therapist assistant, or you can be a physical therapist, or you can do this and that. And so there's a lot you can do um, after you get your degree in exercise science. So I ended up getting my associates. And then I ended up getting pulled back into the restaurant industry because just just uh, got a good job offer. And I always had a passion for cooking. So that kind of led me to traveling around and doing this. And uh, long story short, I I got burnt out. I was working a lot of hours in a restaurant and I gave up on school and I stopped pursuing my education and I stopped really taking care of my body and my health and I didn't feel good. My energy was not good. Uh, I was gaining weight, I was overweight and my body did not like that. My bones and joints were hurting. And I that led me to, you know, kind of get back into it. And and I always felt in and out of it I always would do these extreme diets and extreme uh, things to lose the weight, and I wouldn't be able to sustain it, right? I would always kind of lose a lot of strength. And so progressively over time, like I started to learn about the sustainable consistency practices that we talk about as like evidence based coaches, and what the science actually says. And you know, so I started to find some good coaches online, kind of like, dive into the science and, and really look at like, what does, what does real sustainability look like? Because I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not doing this thing right. Because I mean, I could tell you, I've tried every diet under the sun, just to like, use my own body as like an experiment. And so I'd say like, I've been my own biggest science experiment my entire life. From drugs and alcohol to food to diets that I've tried to different exercises to crazy workouts to all kinds of stuff, and I'm I'm at this point now where I've reached this extreme point of balance and just like just chill out, Jeff. You don't have to have <laughs> this like all in addictive mindset to uh, to everything. Yeah. So I'm a very all or nothing person. So for me, um, this has been really good to just learn how to do things moderately and take a balanced approach. So, oh, that's that would be that would be the gist of, of how I got into it.
0: Yeah, that's so important what what you ended with there about just like being able to have a mindset of moderation, I guess, because what people it seems like what people want is this is a healthy food. This is an unhealthy food. You know, th- if you're going to if you want to lose weight, you can eat this but you cannot eat this because I think it it makes it black and white and it makes it mm. like, Oh, I'll just, okay. Then I'll go all in this one direction and I, I won't touch anything that's over here. And I can relate to a lot of what you said with just like, um, you know, trying every plan under the sun and, and giving it a shot and thinking like, maybe this is the, the one that's magic that will like, yeah. I'll wake up shredded tomorrow or you know whatever you're mm-hmm. looking for. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I think, you know, I think going through that to to try, I mean, trying a lot, just trying is important. And I think it's really helpful because you get that hands-on knowledge. Um, but it, it also, uh, you know, I think it helps you understand that like, no matter what your goal is, if you want to lose weight, if you want to get stronger, you want to build muscle, um, it's, an, it's an investment that you're making in yourself. It's not Hey, do this for three months. And then like you'll make this amount of progress and you'll hang on to it for the rest of your life. And you're going to be happy every day and everything's going to be great. Like it's a, it's a full time, it's a full-time investment. And I think it's important to have more people preaching that mm-hmm. out there, you know, on the various platforms, on podcasts like this, just explaining, like, you know, it, it is, you can go through a process where you lose a certain amount of weight. If you want to lose 30 pounds, you can lose 30 pounds. Um, But unless you do it in a way that involves that moderation and that consistency that you mentioned, um, you're probably going to end up in a place where you're trying to lose 30 pounds again, because you didn't do it in a way that fits your lifestyle and and is something that you can sustain.
1: Yeah. And I I think a lot of people, they know how to lose weight, right? But there's no aftercare plan for that weight loss yeah yeah there's no exit strategy and that is the most important thing it's like how are you going to transition out of your deficit to where you're not eating 1200 calories for the entire year right it's like or whatever you're you're final deficit calories are
0: why is can I stop you right there why is 1200 calories a thing like why do I keep seeing that so many places is it just because like you'll obviously lose weight if you eat 1200 calories I I don't want to say
1: I want to say it came from some like some app that people were using but honestly I'm I'm in like a lot of these Facebook groups that are really really like kind of toxic diet culture-y Mm -hmm. because I just want to, I just want to see like, what are people talking about and and how can I help? And a lot of times I'll come in with like the science or I'll come in with like what I know to be true as a coach, which, you know, seems like is always changing, but I'll come in with like my, my two cents, which is really like my opinion, which is also backed by science. And it seems like people don't want to hear it. They want to hear, that you need 1200 calories and you need to be doing cardio all the time. And you need to be, you know, you need to eat this specific way. You need to cut carbs. You need to do fasting. You need to do water fasting. You need to do intermittent fasting. You need to do dry fasting, like whatever kind of fasting people can do, they'll do it. Um, (laughs) And it's just like, man, I've done all that. Like what they don't realize is that like I've been them. Like I am them. I'm just, them maybe 10 years down the road once they find out all that shit doesn't work so that's what they don't understand is like yo i've been in your shoes and the the game that i'm trying to give you right now is the solution to stop this yo-yo cycle and just like somebody said the other day they're like get off the hamster wheel like you you've been on this hamster wheel for how many years now just going nowhere and that was me and I wish somebody would have taken me by the collar and shook me and been like, dude, you're you're in for a world of problems with your relationship with food if you don't stop.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm with you. Yeah, you know, I've been trying to, part of the message I've been trying to put out there recently um, has been like asking the question of why we're making dieting almost seem like it's a race. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you want to lose weight, you want to lose 20 30 pounds. Who are you who are you racing against? Why why do you need to get there in 2 months or 3 months? Why can't it take 9 or 10 months and then live you that enjoy it. Yeah, live that whole you know, go through that whole process and maintain it long-term. I, uh, it's, it's a, it's a hard, and I know know you've mentioned, you know, mindset is a big, is a big thing, uh, you know, for you and, and with, with coaching and the people that you work with, um, like, how do we break, I don't know how we break through that mindset other than continuing to have the repetition of explaining, you know, why this is going to be beneficial for you long-term.
1: Yeah, I think if you're not somebody who's interested in literally saying the same thing over and over in about a a thousand different ways, then this probably isn't the right career for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair statement. Because that's
1: what we do, right? Like we preach the same thing, right? Like sustainable calorie deficit, but not too much of a deficit, but enough of a deficit. Mm -hmm. You're not tracking licks, bites, and tastes. You're eating whatever you want on the weekend you don't need cheat days you if you're if you're calling it a cheat day you're already you're already losing yeah so it's like all this stuff that that we used to do right it's like i used to i used to go to like ihop and do these like huge cheat days like huge and it was like a race like with me and a couple of buddies who went to the gym it was like a race to see how much calories we could put down because it would keep your body confused you know <laughs> con- con-
0: <laughs> I swear to god man all the body can it too i know you too. the confusion stuff i like i i believed it back then but now i'm like what the hell was i doing like yeah. why did i think that i that that was real the muscle confusion right Yeah. Like a, the
1: muscle confusion the by the calorie confusion you know <laughs> like keep your body guessing yeah. it's like it's like okay some of that is true right like metabolic adaptation is a real thing yeah. but like if you're if you're eating 10,000 calories on a saturday and you're you're over your calories as a weekly total now like you're in a surplus you're not going to be shredded you're not going to lose body fat you know you can blow out your whole calorie deficit very easily on a saturday afternoon and i did that for years Mm -hmm. and i was like why aren't i getting shredded bro i'm confusing the hell
0: out of my body (laughs) uh i can relate man like um Back, when you know, in college, like when I, I knew nothing about this stuff, I j- I knew where I wanted to be, but I didn't know how the hell to get there. And like, you know, when I was in college, it was 2005 to 2009. So like we're talking well, well before there's a lot of readily available information on the internet for you to actually learn the right way to do things. And like I had some of those people that wanted to take me under their wing and show me the right thing to do, but I I I didn't have the patience to do it. And I would like I I would want to build muscle, but I would eat only chicken and salad because I thought that was the way to do it, and yeah. just completely ignored calories. And then when I found out you need calories, I would I went so far on the other end of the spectrum <laughs> that like I should you not like the 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 person at Taco Bell and the drive through at like eleven p.m knew my car and knew my order to the point that I didn't have to, I would come up to the thing and they'd be like, yeah, we got you. And then I would just pick up. The take food. a large Baja blast. <laughs> yeah. Give me all the calories. Give me all the yeah. calories. Yeah. But,
1: um, Five Chalupas and a Baja blast, please. <laughs>
0: You're not far I'll be off. Back
1: in, I'll be back in an hour.
0: <laughs> You're not far off that in Chipotle, man. I was just crushing every, oh, every Chipotle's chance I great. got. Chipotle is great
1: I still go to Chipotle but if I'm in a deficit Chipotle is not my friend it's like anything you get on that menu is like gonna be a thousand calories it's just I don't know all these people that eat Chipotle all the time I'm like yeah I mean how accurate are those calories on my fitness pal you know it's like the one kid that's brand new he gives you like a scoop and a half of rice because it's like he, he wants to hook you up and then like the guy who's been there for eight years he's like he's like brushing off the top of the scoop.
0: He ain't hooking it up. You're so right. Like you can walk into Chipotle. And if you, I mean, if you go to the same one regularly enough, like I'll walk in and I'll see the lineup behind the, you know, serving station. And I'll know if I'm getting a bad scoop of rice that day because of, (laughs) because of whoever's there. That's, that's one of the worst things is you walk down that line and then you're like, are they going to give me the scoop? That I'm asking for if they don't you have to ask for a second scoop and then there's this weird tension that builds yeah. you know it's, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, strange
1: yeah. dynamic now nah, you don't want the tension with the scoop <laughs> nah,
0: you um well okay so we talked you know a decent amount about mindset um and you know I'm just curious like with people that you work with are, are there and, and maybe we've already touched on on this a little bit but are there? Common situations or struggles that you, you see people running into, um, in terms of, you know, I, I want to make this amount of progress. What's preventing me from getting there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, part of being a coach is always resetting expectations. We want to be, we want to set our clients up for success. And from somebody who comes from a, a A very 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 like diet focused lifestyle they have been taught by these fitness magazines by blog articles that are clickbaity like i was telling somebody this in a podcast the other day clickbait has been around for a very 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 long time like people will say anything to get you to open that youtube video open that article Or before that, it was open up that magazine, right? Like, what did the front of that magazine say? It said lose 20 pounds in 20 days, right? So subconsciously, these people who are like buying these magazines, or maybe they're not even buying these magazines, but maybe they're watching like Dr. Oz, and they're watching Oprah, and they're watching all these daytime TV shows. And they're, they're consuming this toxic diet culture without even realizing they're consuming it. Right. So maybe they know in the back of their heads that like, the scale is not the most important thing when it comes to weight loss or fat loss, I should say not weight loss. Those are two different things. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one of the first conversations I have is like fat loss versus weight loss. I said you joined a fat loss coaching program, not a weight loss coaching program. You know, I have a couple clients that are in muscle building phases, but but you know, most of the people I work with are trying to cut down body fat. So and they're trying to improve their relationship with food. So for me to do that, I have to change that, that mentality to shift it from weight loss to fat loss because those are two different things. And when you're strength training and you're new to strength training or you're coming back to it and you're still kind of a beginner and you're 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 looking to increase your weight or you're looking to increase your reps or you're introducing progressive overload in some fashion, you're going to be building some muscle. As long as we're fueling your body correctly, you're lifting with good form and, and you're doing, you have good training and you have a good program and you're actually following it consistently. You're going to be building some muscle and people will say muscle weighs more than fat. Muscle is more dense than fat. So when you step on the scale, you're going to see very minimal changes in the scale aside from that first, you know, maybe five pounds of water weight loss when somebody joins a new program. So they might lose five pounds in a week and they get all pumped up. Yeah, this guy's this guy's a really good coach. I lost five pounds my first week. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not some sort of magic sorcerer. Okay. You lost five pounds of water weight because you weren't actually in a calorie deficit. So now they you're in a calorie deficit. Your body is responding by by pushing out some water weight. Now that may come back on that five pounds is actually what's probably going to keep fluctuating and getting you frustrated the entire time we're working together. Right. But I have to change that, that mentality. Right. And, and so that is a process. And so I have, you know, I'll record videos, I'll record voice messages of me talking, and I'll I'll really talk to that person individually. Right. And I'll really try and get them to understand. And I'll even have some clients literally write on a post-it note and put it above where they weigh themselves. that says, it's just water. Yeah. And and that actually works for a couple of clients of mine. They were like, you got in my head. And every time I looked at that stupid post-it note, (laughs) I heard it in your voice saying, it's just water, calm down. It's just water, take a breather, it'll come back, right? It's just water, don't get excited if the scale goes down. It's just water, don't get excited if it goes up. We're looking at week to week and mostly month to month changes, not not day to day. So a lot of people aren't even ready to hop on a scale. And I had to realize that as a coach is that some people have so they they attach so much emotion to that scale that they're not even ready to jump on that scale. And so sometimes the first four weeks of us working together, I'm like, I don't even want you stepping on the scale. I want you to put that shit in your closet and tell your husband that that is not allowed to come out of the closet. And, and a lot of times, you know, they're like, thank you so much. And then we work on their relationship with the scale around like, you know, maybe two months into the program. And now we're like, okay, I want you to weigh yourself, you know, once a week. Okay. I want you to weigh yourself every day. Okay. You know, and I'll change it up and kind of see how they see how they do with the more frequent way. Because as you and I know, we step on the scale every day, most likely. Right. So, So as coaches, we want to know, we're like, am I on the right track or am I, you know, like I want to look at those weekly changes and and take my average weekly weigh in and compare it with week four to week eight. And, you know, I want to compare. I want to make sure that I'm making progress and I don't get emotional about the scale anymore. Right. It's like after learning from so many, so many great coaches myself, like I don't get emotional about the scale. Like the scale is the least important tool that I use, but it is a tool that I use. So I still I still do use it, but I I look more at I look more at photos, I look more at body measurements, I look mostly waist measurements, right? Because we carry that adipose tissue. And if if that adipose tissue is coming down, then we know that you know it's most likely body fat is decreasing. So
0: yeah. I like that. Yeah, I I've tried to recently kind of push the whole feel of it as well. Um, because I, you know, I a hundred percent, everything you said, like the, the mental struggle that I, I feel most people have is with the scale because it goes up and you don't know why. And then it goes down and you get excited, but then you keep doing the same exact stuff and it goes back up. And why does it go back up? Um, And then, and then you get to the point where you're thinking, well, this, this isn't working. I'm just going to quit and do keto, you know, or do something, something way more extreme. But, um, I've, I've been trying to hammer home a lot with just like, you know, how, how are you feeling? Because if the scale maybe hasn't moved in two or three weeks, but like, you know, your wife tells you, Hey, you know, I, I could tell that, uh, you know, the work you're putting in is paying off and, if you're going into your training sessions and uh, your numbers are going up, you're lifting, you know, you added five pounds on your bench press from last week, Uh, Mm -hmm. you're doing cardio and you can tell that from four weeks ago, this same cardio session that we're doing is it's easier for me to get through it. You wake up in the morning and you feel more energized and ready to take on the day because of the accumulation of good habits that you're starting to string together. Like that's not going to show up on the scale for you. You're not going to, I can't, nobody can give you a number that says that you're feeling better, but like you should uh, take that more seriously and, and understand that that while it's not maybe tangible, it's 100% progress.
1: Yeah. Those non-scale victories, right? Like, like, uh, like clothes are fitting better or clothes are fitting looser or, You know, I'm starting to wake up, not feeling super exhausted anymore, right? I'm starting to like the, I'm starting to like the way like my triceps coming in. Like when I'm at the gym and I'm doing, uh, I'm doing tricep press downs. I looked over the other day and I saw like this definition in my tricep that wasn't there before. And you know, my husband noticed and blah, blah, blah. And and it's just like, so yeah, that is a part of my check-in on a weekly basis is like, what are some non-scale victories that you had? And sometimes it's as much as like, well, I didn't, uh, I didn't binge eat this week. Like I didn't go over my calories on Friday. Like I normally do. And I'm like, let's go. Like I celebrate those much more than I do. Like when the scale goes down, I try not to like, I try not to hype my clients up when the scale goes down or when that, you know, when the measurements go down, I try to hype up the performance based achievements and the non-scale stuff, because ultimately like the way you look, yeah, it's important to everybody. But um, the way you feel the way you feel internally, your self confidence, the way you're carrying yourself, the way that you're speaking to yourself is something that that goes very under the radar when it comes to health and fitness is like, how are you actually talking to yourself? Right? Yeah, that that's huge. That is huge. Like you have to, you have to have that that relationship with yourself to where like, you can take your shirt off, look in the mirror and not just tear down everything that you don't like about what you see. That is so, and men do it too. Like for people who think that it's just women who tear each other down when they look in the mirror, like as men, we do that shit just as much. We just don't fucking talk about it because it's, it's it's weak. Right. So, um, that's a really important thing to talk about is like men, men deal with the same shit that women do. It's just uh, a lot more like faux pas, I guess you could say like, like, we don't, we don't want to bring that stuff up because it makes us look like it makes us look weak.
0: Right. Oh, guys, guys talking about insecurities is just a, it's a generational thing, right. Where you're not supposed to do it because the, the, the men before you didn't do it. So you don't do it. And, um, you know, it just perpetuates and it keeps going. But I agree with you. I think that's important to talk about. Like I, I try and share with people the insecurities I, I I've had over the years because I don't know, right or wrong, a lot of the times you jump into the fitness scene is because you have some type of insecurity and you want to if an insecurity about your body and you want to do something about it. Like I was always a super scrawny, skinny kid. Um too small to play sports and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, what was the one thing that I wanted to do? Well, I wanted to correct that and it can lead you to a place where you're doing too much and you're making the wrong decisions. But, um, and and that goes back to the moderation piece that, that we talked about before, but yeah, I think it's important to to talk about those and, and norma- normalize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and understand that, you know, you don't have to, tear yourself apart. Like you said, when you look at yourself in the mirror, there's, there's other ways you can acknowledge that there are things that you maybe aren't happy about, but w- what are you happy about? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, every time, every time you look at that mirror, you know, look for those positive things to say about yourself. Cause cause really like positive affirmations, people may think, Oh, it's woo woo. Or, you know, that's, that stuff doesn't work, right. It's out there but it's actually backed by science. Like positive affirmations are actually backed by science. So the way that you talk to yourself, you have to first act as if act as if, and that's something that people don't want to do. They don't want to fake it. They don't want to fake it till they make it because they don't want to be fake. Right. But if you look in the mirror and you don't like the way you look, sometimes saying out loud, Hey, you look amazing. You look amazing. Like, look at where, how far you've came compared to where you were last year. Right? So saying those things to yourself out loud in the mirror, people might think you're fucking crazy, but there's science behind it and it does work. And eventually you actually start to believe that shit. And eventually it actually is true. Like what you're saying is actually true. You just don't believe it deep down in yourself and in yourself conscious about it. what you're saying is actually true. So if If you're not talking to your best friend the way that you're talking to yourself, then what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you treating yourself the way that you would treat an enemy or the way that you would treat somebody you don't like, right? Like, why are you treating yourself that way? We can be our own worst enemies, man. And and so a lot of this health and fitness journey and a lot of this um, being a coach thing is like, it's figuring out how to tap into that stuff too because like, I can give you macros, I can give you a good training program. I can teach you how to do a dumbbell deadlift, right? But like I can't I can't teach you how to be kind to yourself and to be patient with yourself. That has to come from you.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um this is a tangent, but so I have watched your TikToks, all right? And I've noticed the wall that's behind you, and what is on the wall? That's behind you. This and wall here. Tell me, am I looking at basmati rice bags behind You're you? Looking? <laughs> can you can you confirm that? Thank you for saying that. Yes, these are basmati rice bags. Hey man, I've been I have been very uh, vocal over the years about my love for basmati rice. Uh, I've put the so, hands down best rice. That's what I'm saying, man. And I give Jasmine rice is, is a, is a solid second in my book, but okay. like, yeah. Basmati rice. That's, that's where it's at.
1: It's a superior grain. It is a superior <laughs> grain.
0: It is. it is. I love that, man. That was one of the first things I noticed when I followed you on TikTok and I started watching your videos, I was like, look, like, what is this? Does he eat it's, as much Basmati rice as I do? It's
1: a pattern interrupt, right? So like, People, people will ask me that people will like specifically DM me about these Basmati rice bags on my wall. Like, first of all, I just like the way they look. And, uh, and second of all, like, this is also a statement because this is coming from a guy who was like, I did vegan keto for like, I want to say like six to nine months of my life. And and so I I didn't eat rice. I didn't. I was afraid to eat rice. I was afraid to eat potatoes. I was afraid to do all that stuff because I thought I was gonna. I thought I was insulin resistant. It was gonna kick me out of ketosis, and I was gonna. I was just gonna blow up like a balloon, right? Like that's what I thought. That's what. That's what people in the fitness industry who are pushing that modern day bro science, because that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's modern day bro science
0: because they probably have a, a discount code for something mm-hmm. and they're, they're trying to push it down something. Your throat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's modern day bro science that people are pushing down my throat and I'm believing it because they're some of the smartest marketers on the planet. There's some of the, the slickest talking pimps trying to pimp you out of your money. And, and I believe every word of it. And so that's the clients that come to me. I'm like, come on, come on, I got a big ass hug for you. And I'm gonna give you some basmati rice. And we're, we're gonna we're gonna get these gains. Like I got a hug for you. Like, let's go. You can eat rice, you can eat potatoes, you can eat fruit, and you can eat a lot of it. You can eat a lot of it and still make progress. You're still gonna lose body fat. And and we're gonna teach you how to do this thing sustainably to where like, you don't have to ever be afraid of eating rice again, you don't ever have to deny yourself the, the most amazing grain in the world that is basmati rice.
0: I love it. I love it. I had this one. I had this one period of time, man, where I thought, um, no carbs and hit were the solution. I mean, we could go, we could go on for hours about probably all this stuff that we've done that was just rooted in absolute nonsense, but I will say, so obviously we're on the same page about the Basmati rice. Um, I had a, maybe there's the rough, the most rough moment of me for me in 2020 was, when the pandemic started hitting, right, and Everyone stuff started shutting down, rice Costco for like two months did not have the basmati rice. Now, the planner that I am, I always sorry, have, Bill. I always I'm have sorry. two bags of that stuff in my basement. Right, we always have it on on reserve, so mm-hmm. I never ran out. But whew, it's close. We got close, and then I was thinking, that, like, I'm gonna have to buy the inferior grains and right? I, jasmine, I, yeah. I didn't know how what you know how, how do you how do you adjust i'm sorry to that? i'm
1: sorry you had to deal with that kind of scare man that, that must have been rough
0: man i appreciate i appreciate that thank you
1: 2020 must have been tough <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> that's the roughest uh that's the roughest story i have from from the pandemic i almost ran
1: out i almost ran out of basmati rice that's yeah. my 2020
0: all right yeah. i almost know. ran out i'll make people shed a tear when they hear my story it's rough it's rough
1: oh god people who actually had like terrible 2020s and be like fuck you guys but that's that's <laughs> funny like, you
0: have to laugh at that that's yeah funny. no certainly don't want to um make light because uh, i know people did have a rough year overall for sure, but,
1: for sure. and um, heart goes out my heart goes out to anybody that was affected by by this whole thing because it's very real it's very real and people are starting to realize that so I can't believe it took this long, but it's, it is very real, man. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I hope, uh, I hope here as we make our way into spring and summer and now with, with what we know about, about everything that happened, we can start to turn the corner. I mean, I think it seems like we're starting to turn the corner here and there's um, a light at the end of the tunnel, but. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm
1: just glad gyms are gyms are opening back up and um yeah like that's such a crucial part of uh mental health for a lot of people and and a lot of people just don't have the means to be able to to get equipment at home and to you know let's face it man not everybody's cut out for body weight home workouts like that's just not reality for a lot of people not everybody can have a badass garage gym
0: like you have man i see what (laughs) you got going on over there i'm jealous Man, I, I'm I'm thankful that like when we bought a house, one of the priorities we made was building out a home gym. So like we had most of that stuff here well before the pandemic came along, um, and then it was just a crime what happened with the prices of oh. equipment. Like the the adjustable dumbbells I have that I got for you know, maybe 250 bucks were going on Amazon for close to a thousand, like Like the price gouging. Yeah. The price gouging that happened for people who just wanted to try and stay somewhat healthy during this whole thing was, was awful. Um,
1: Yeah. 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 It was just, I mean, I, I'll go into it and say that I paid way too much money for the bar and bumper plates that I got. And like, I'm like, damn, I that was that was a lot it was a lot that i spent but it's all good because i got it now and um and i was able to uh still train during all this so um for me it was worth it for other people who knows if they'll actually use the stuff that they buy yeah
0: yeah it's worth it if if you continue to use it because you have it for a lifetime Mm -hmm. um Well, before we wrap up, man, I, what I like to ask is just like, so your specialty is fat loss with people that you work Mm -hmm. with. And you made that clear. We're not talking weight loss necessarily, but fat loss. Um, so do you have any just, you know, practical and actionable tips that people can, they're listening to this episode take and they say, okay, I do want to, you know, start my own fat loss journey. Um, but maybe I'm not sure where or how to get started. What What would you recommend? Are the you know the first, you know, couple or few steps that that people can take that that are easy to implement and, and will mm-hmm. truly set you off on the uh, you know at least to start off on the right path.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't really take a whole lot, right? Like we complicate this stuff because it's like most people complicate it really all you need is a calorie deficit like like that's bottom line that's all you need to lose body fat right but in order to make sure you don't lose muscle you want to make sure you're not in too much of a calorie deficit so what i would say if you were brand new to this whole thing is track calories for a little while like grab my fitness pal it's a free app grab my fitness pal grab a, a food scale off amazon for 10 bucks and start tracking your food now. Don't go off of the calorie recommendations that MyFitnessPal gives you, but take your goal body weight, multiply it by twelve. That's a good starting point. Go from there. Do it for four weeks straight. And if you don't lose any any weight, and you're not seeing any changes on the scale or in your waist measurements, then you need to adjust those calories or figure out maybe if you we're miscalculating those calories, overestimating or underestimating. Um, From there, you know, like get into some strength training, like do some really basic strength training. If you have equipment, cool, use it. If you don't get on a progression of just doing like 10 pushups, like every time you walk through a doorway, do 10 pushups. Every time you go Every time you go for a walk with your dog, like, you know, when you come back into the house, do 10 pushups, like just make it make it something simple and easy for you to remember to do. And not you don't have to go to a gym, you don't have to, you know, get into powerlifting, you don't have to do all this crazy stuff. Like somebody was in my DMs the other day, and they were like, I I have 100 pounds to lose, I have no idea where to start. And I was like, Oh, you got 100 pounds to lose. And he was, he was a heavy guy. And I said, I said, just start with walking. Just start with walking. You don't even have to lift weights. You don't even have to do bodyweight exercises, right? Just start walking. And I was like, can you walk for 10 minutes a day? Because at how heavy this guy was like 10 minutes a day of walking for him is like an hour of walking a day for us. So I was like, just just start with walking 10 minutes a day. And he's like, I can do that. That's it? I was like, yeah, just start with that. Do that for four weeks straight. Don't take any days off. And he's like, okay. And I was like, well, let me know when you've done that. And then he's going to reach back out to me about four weeks. And then we're going to increase it to 15 minutes a day. And that's it. I'm going to increase it five minutes every time he comes back to me after four weeks. And I guarantee you, if he is... Being mindful of of how how much food he's eating, he's gonna start losing weight. And and he's with just the most minimal effort. In the very beginning, you can just make the smallest changes, like switch out, you know, sugary soda for sparkling water, like Lacroix and and you know, SpinDrift and stuff like that. SpinDrift's my favorite. If you haven't had that, um, <laughs> you know, switch it out for sparkling waters, man. Like switch it if you want to have a diet coke every now and then, like just switch out those sugary sodas for something else or switch it out for water. And you're going to start seeing changes just based on that one small change that you make. So don't complicate it. Take it like one thing at a time. So the first four weeks is you like maybe just walking and tracking your calories. Cool. That's, that's all you need to do. Maybe the second month you do walking, tracking your calories and cutting out soda. Right. Right the third month you do walking tracking your calories cut out soda and like strength training twice a week right then the fourth month you're like you add in uh hitting your protein on top of that right maybe you do that for a couple months and then by month 6 by month 7 like you're dialed in you got a routine and you're killing it like you're you're going to start seeing changes in the mirror you're going to start seeing changes in your attitude and now you're in this shit for life because you you eased your way into it you didn't just jump into this really intense crazy program like you ease your way into it kind of tricked yourself into doing something really easy and simple and and kind of taking your time and not worrying about like getting all the results all at once so that that would be my my breakdown of how i would get into this thing if i was like coaching myself from like ground zero
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love it the moderation right that i feel like we've we've come back to that that word moderation and also consistency quite a bit but um yeah i love that well, uh, let everybody know where they can find you and, and follow along to uh, to stay in touch with what you got going on.
1: Yeah, so it's at Jeffrey Pakman on Instagram, Chef Jeffrey's Kitchen on YouTube. I had a cooking channel. Now it's an everything channel. <laughs> um, and then at Jeffrey Pakman everywhere else, TikTok, uh, Twitter, whatever. But mostly you can find me on Instagram. So come and say what's up. And uh, yeah, Chris, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you, Jeff, and and uh be sure to follow him because the the information is extremely extremely good and every so often you get a sneak peek at the Basmati rice wall and that alone is is worth it. So, let's go. Thanks, Jeff, man. I appreciate it. Uh we'll have to we'll have to do this again sometime soon.
1: Most definitely, man. Peace.
0: All right.